Welcome, Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I'm your host, Adam Brewer. Uh, Some housekeeping before we get into the meat of it all. Uh, Please go to the Michigan Maniac fan page on Facebook. Go ahead and leave a review. I post everything I possibly can about Michigan football, basketball, even baseball, some hockey. Um, right now we're full blast football so anything i see interesting about football i am going to post if i see it on instagram whatever it doesn't matter any social media i'm going to link it and get it to our site so this way we can laugh talk about it whatever right um two another little feature on this is that whatever uh, however you're listening to us, please, if it's Spotify, if it's Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, please go to the show notes and there will be a link. If you want to, if you want to ask me a question, if you have a topic that you want to ask me to cover or to talk on, whatever, please go to the show notes in there. There will be a link for voice messages. Go ahead and hit that bad boy and it'll take you right to where you need to go. Okay, leave me a voicemail. I'll answer it. I would love to. It's going to be awesome. Two, while you're there, leave a review because the more people leave reviews, the more I get seen and the more this thing takes off and the better it is for all us maniacs, right? So, oh, also, I was just getting ready to go. Let's do this one thing here. YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel. Don't have anything on it yet. Uh, but I will. Throughout the season, I am going to be posting things from the show. Uh, who knows? I mean, there's going to be a reaction video uh, thing where you, I'll be watching the highlights. Or you'll see me in live time watching the, the greatest plays of that week. And my reaction to it along with the play coinciding. It's going to be pretty exciting. I can't wait to do it. Uh I'm going to try and do whatever I can on this YouTube page. It's going to be awesome. Okay, guys? Uh, I think that's really about it for everything I got coming up. Voicemail length. Oh, I'm going to look for a theme song here soon. So everything is all coming together. So let's go ahead and get to it, all right? Uh, This week is going to be all about the – well, not all about. It's going to cover who I believe is going to be starting at every position – and a few extra things that I find is kind of ridiculous that I've been reading or just noticing overall since they've gone back to camp. So let's get to it. Number one, number one position, obviously, our guy, the quarterback. Who's going to be the main man? It's pretty obvious. Most of these are going to be pretty obvious on who's going to start, right? As we all know it's going to be Shea. Shea, I was hard on him last year. And the more I look back on it, the more I think it was just that shit-ass offense we ran that caused him, that really just didn't add to his his perks as a player, but kind of like really brought out his his uh, his disadvantages, I guess you should say. Uh, because it was, yeah, just a bad, bad offense last year. Awful. So, Shea's number one. Obviously, we're going to go a lot of talk Dylan McCaffrey. A lot of talk both of them are going to be on the field at the same time or playing in the game. It's whatever, right? Same game, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? 
Because we, let's face it, dude, I don't really care. I think uh, there is a drop-off, maybe. Maybe. I haven't seen Dylan play lately. But Dylan likes to run before he throws, and Shea will throw before he runs the ball. Also, Dylan is much faster than Shea. Taller. Don't know about arm strength, but... Dylan is our future for at least one year, and then you're looking at Joe Milton. I mean, the the quarterback room is pretty much packed, guys. So I think we're in good shape no matter what. Say say Shea goes down, we're good, right? I don't want that to happen because I think Shea can really have a great season this year. I mean, I'm talking I think he can beat passing records. I think he could totally beat passing records. I really do. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do for us. Um, Obviously, two, Dylan, three, Joe Milton. You know, whatever. We'll see what's going on. Now, the one that I find interesting is the running back position, okay? I have heard some things over the last couple days that has really changed my mind in this. Like, really changed my mind. So, we all hear True Wilson's got pretty much got the job right now because he's kind of impressing. Gaddis has said that running back is the deepest position we have. Uh, Yeah, I guess it could be. I guess it could, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know. I mean, True Wilson. Then, get this. I had initially Christian Turner as number two. Now, granted, the second string... Uh, Christian, he's I, he's always getting hurt. So that was the one real main concern for me. But what I heard just yesterday has got me rethinking some things because I initially wanted him higher. Uh, but Ben Van Sumeren, Van Sumeren, Van Sumeren, however you want to pronounce it, is listed as their second string running back behind True Wilson, then Christian Turner, then Charbonnet. I, or maybe it might be Charbonnet 3, Christian Turner 4. But I'm telling you, that's phenomenal. But is it or is it not shocking? Because Van Sumeren, if you look at that kid and you see some of his highlight packages from high school, the kid's an athlete. It's not like he was some lumbering idiot that didn't know what he was, you know, what he could do. So they just threw him at fullback. You know, this kid has some talent. So now that he has been given a chance at running back, I mean, let's see what he does. Second string. I mean, True Wilson is good, but I don't know if he's that great. Should we be? Oh, the True Wilson errors here. I don't know if that's a thing. You know, I mean, Van Sumeren, True Wilson, Christian Turner, they're all just kind of placeholding until Charbonnet gets used to the college game, and then I really do believe it's Charbonnet's position to lose. I mean, you're not 6'2", 220, and run a 4'4", maybe 4'5", and have the cut cutting ability this kid has. He's like a more focused Ty Isaac, if you ask me. And I I always, 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 there's two running backs that hurt me to this day that I wanted to do something because I loved the way they ran when in those small bursts that they'd actually fucking do it. Davion Smith and Ty Isaac. I And I truly believe that this is Zach Charbonnet just happens to be a more dedicated, uh, fierce, I mean, totally focused kid on football. 
and the position that he does. And so, therefore, I th- he's got the body style. He's got the speed of both of those guys. And then he's now got the focus. So I'm pretty excited to see what Charbonnet can do. So let's get into wide receiver. This is all very simple. I really do believe that the wide receiver position is going to be the one position that fucking kills it this year for us. I mean, because with Shea Patterson really living his best offensive life now with Gaddish calling the plays, I don't see how we legitimately have three, if they all stay healthy, three NFL wide receivers playing for us right now. And plain and simple, easy, done, boom, that's the way it goes. Uh, DPJ, if he's healthy, now there's some question about that. I think Harbaugh says he's 100% healthy. You haven't really heard much about him lately, but we'll see. I'm going to believe Harbaugh. I really have no reason not to until given otherwise. Uh, DPJ number one, fine with me, because I think the real start this year, the real so it could be two though. Nico Collins is number two. He's phenomenal. I always compare him to. Uh, I always compare him to a uh, Randy Moss. Now maybe not. He's not as fast. Whatever. But when Nico Collins runs a route, it looks like he's jogging, but he's running past people. So he may not have world class speed, but this kid is deceptive in his speed and his route running ability in his hands. I mean, he's everything. He's he's tall. He's got deceptive speed. He can run good routes. He has great body positioning. If not, go back and look at some of the catches he made against Ohio State. He was the only one that really showed up in that game. But look at what he did in that game. That kid has great body positioning. He knows how to use his back to his advantage to create separation between him and the cornerback. Um, I think he's truly uh, going to shine this year. Then, I mean, like, literally, one... They're all 1A, 1B, and 1C. I, I don't see very much difference in any of them. Tariq Black. If Tariq Black is healthy, Tariq Black is dangerous. That kid has not deceptive speed, straight out speed. Runs good routes, good hands. He's just fragile as fuck. Like those little fucking feet of his need to fucking heal up. Because the kid is talented and he's got to be thinking the same thing. I mean, he comes from good stock. I mean, you saw that Amazon thing, uh, the little Amazon hard knocks thing they had. He's just a good kid. He's got a great mother, great, or what seems to be a great mother and great stepfather and I, or father. There's no reason for us not to believe that. You know what I mean? Uh, they just look, they look like a great, just great family. And he just is such a good kid. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Tariq Black. I mean, up until he hurt himself against Air Force, I believe, he was killing it. Against Florida, he was the best wide receiver we had in 2017 against Florida. The best. It was not even funny. It's not even close. So if he's healthy, he's the most dangerous third wide receiver in the nation. And then move that so we have three of the most dominating wide receivers I believe in college football. Then you throw Ronnie Bell, who is sick. That dude can fucking play ball. I mean, just look what he did last year. And that's in an awful fucking offense. You put 
Ronnie Bell with his speed, his hands, route running ability, <laughs> I mean elusiveness in the slot in a fucking offense that uh, highlights the slot or really the slot wide receiver becomes a major contributor to this. Dude, come on, man. Ronnie fucking Bell. Ronnie Bell is going to kill it this year. Kill it. Then you got Sanders still for or or Giles Jackson because there's a lot of talk about Giles Jackson coming out of camp and they've only been in camp for about a week. I, I, we're we're loaded. Now Gaddis, I really I don't know what he's thinking when he's talking about Sean uh, McEwen. I don't know. Maybe Sean McEwen's good. I know there's a few podcast people out there that are lining up to suck this dude's dong. So yeah, maybe he's good. I don't know. Every time I see him, he drops the fucking ball, or he can't, or he can't block a safety. Or even a cornerback. That's your job, dude. Like, I get that you're sensitive or whatever, but fuck, man. Run around, catch a ball, and block. That's what Jake Butt did. You didn't see Jake Butt doing anything fancy. Jake Butt and his bum-ass knees went out there, made the plays when they needed to be made, and fucking did something. I don't want to I don't want to hear about, oh, Sean McCune's so talented. Oh, this and that. Oh, but he, every time you see the motherfucker, he's dropping a ball or missing a block. So if he doesn't do something this year, get the fuck out of here, McCune. I'm tired of hearing about how great you are. Boo, oh, Sean McCune, the great. Fuck off just no i don't need now if he does it listen i'll be the first one to say i was wrong and i'll start singing his praises that's the great part about this being the fucking fan podcast i can change my mind on a fucking dime that's right i can do whatever the hell i want to because this is my fucking podcast and plus i don't have to go to these i don't have any insiders i don't have any of this bullshit that these other podcasts have i just give my opinion so if i want to change it i can it's fucking great for me uh I believe truly, though, Nick Hubanks is going to have one hell of a year for a tight end. He was he was always getting open last year. And like I said, we had a dookie fucking offense last year. But he had some of the – he probably – I would and I, I did not look this up. But I would say uh, the average yards per catch, Nick Eubank had more. Had more bigger plays than – McEwen or the crybaby fucking uh I don't know what's that kid's name that went to went to the Steelers Gentry oh strange Gentry scored a touchdown in the preseason oh my god Gentry's actually doing something as a tight end boy Gentry maybe the coaches had something uh maybe they knew what they were doing when they made you a tight end instead of being a fucking whiny ass quarterback wow what a shock you're in the pros catching touchdowns so that just, I mean, we've had a lot of whiners and non-productive a-holes since, but the man left. That's my dude, Jake Butt. I mean, he's torn his ACL 900 times or whatever in both knees. But still, you know, hey, whatever. I'm a big fan of Eubanks. I think he's going to do something. McEwen can go suck an egg for all I care. Unless he does something, hey, then I'm his best friend. Uh... Now, we're going to get into the offensive line, and let's face it. This has been the best offensive line we've probably had. 
Jesus. Uh, since 2000, 2010. I don't know. Name a time when we had, well, I mean, 2000, what, six or eight, we had uh, Jake Long. We had, uh, uh, God, what's that kid's name? Lewin? No. Gosh, dang it. The, the a-hole linebacker, I mean, offensive lineman for the Titans. Whatever his name is, I, I'm not going to. Luan, there we go. I like him. Hey, he's a dickhead, but I like him. Uh, I do because he's he's exactly what an offensive lineman should be. Mean, surly, doesn't give a shit, talks crap. You know, he's an asshole. I like it. So Luan and Jake Long, we had these guys. I, I want to say 2006, maybe 2008, whatever. Um that might have been because there was like two other guys that also went to the NFL at the same time at on that offensive line. So, but anyways, this is probably the best offensive line we've had in a decade, easily a decade. Uh, but what I find interesting about this one is that we've become very versatile now. So there is a a crazy fight for right tackle between Stuber and Mayfield. Now Stuber took over for Bushel Beatty last year. Bushel Beatty, he played like his feet were in cement. I mean, who gives a shit, right? But Stuber looked bad in against Ohio State and Florida. Now, I don't know if that's because he was new or because he was facing more athletic defensive ends and he just couldn't handle it, right? I don't know. Mayfield is supposed to be that guy. Mayfield supposed to be the most athletic tackle we have uh, except for some of the guys that are coming in this this next season like the two the 2019 or 2020 recruiting classes we have some some beasts coming in but what that does is so this way i mean i'm sure you've heard this this isn't news to anybody but i i find it great that we have this type of versatility because we can now move run into guard and put both you know we can spell out one of the guards. We can get a rotation, actually. We can get a rotation on the offensive line, which, and then there should be no real drop-off. That's the fucking key. You keep those guys fresh. We're going to start killing dudes. We're going to start killing teams in the third and fourth quarter. You have a fresh offensive line. Now that you have a runyon that can go from tackle to guard, because guard's really more of his true position, because he's not tall enough to be a tackle, especially if he has dreams of going to the NFL. He's not his daddy. His daddy's 6'7". His daddy's one of the meanest mother-effing offensive linemen that ever played the game. The game, son. Philly, that dude embodied Philly football. Runyon was the man, but his son's not that tall. He's just not. He's like six. I want to say he's six three to six five. So guard's perfect for him. You put Mayfield in or Stuber in. Switch these motherfuckers out. We got a great offensive line. I'm not even worried about the offensive line. Zone blocking. You got Ed Warner. This all is a a mixture for a fantastic year offensively and especially for the offensive line. Uh, we'll go defense now. So defensive end pretty quick. Quitty pay. Aiden Hutchinson, I don't see anybody else taking these spots. Uh, the one that you'd want to see mixed in there, obviously, is Uche, so I don't know if they'll put him in linebacker, have him rushing, if they'll have him as a defensive end. Who knows how, how Don Brown's going to do this, 
but it's exciting. Then you've got the defensive tackles. Dwan Floor and Kemp are going to be my starters. You're going to see Dana come in there, Mike Dana, um, uh, Devin Jeter. <laughs> I, this is another dude I'm, I am tired of hearing about. This dude better show up or ship out. Jeter, it is, it's his time. Same with this dude, Luigi Villain. If you're going to be the second coming of Mo Hurst, then you fucking better do it now because this is the year we start the ball rolling to greatness and we stop the bullshit from Ohio State. Okay, I'll get into that later. But, yeah, um, Dana's going to get in there. Or Dana, Mike Dana, Dana. I've heard it pronounced both ways. I want to go Mike Dana. Um we're going to see what he's all about. I mean, at Central Michigan, they all talk about that Michigan State game. Well, can he do it? Is he good enough? And I'm going to get the same answer. He played for Central Michigan. I mean, yeah, even crappy-ass Michigan State. Off, Michigan State sucks offensively, but defensively, they're solid as hell. But even their crappy-ass offensive line can block only one dude. He played for Central Michigan. He's not coming from... A defensive line you it's not like his his uh his defensive end or his other nose guard is warren sap it's not like he's got real talent there at central michigan so we'll see what dana does uh i think he's gonna be good i i really have no reason to doubt him uh i the key that i want people to pay attention to ben mason this guy has gained i think they said some like I don't know, maybe 20 pounds? Because he's around 275, 273 now. 273 with that kind of drive and that kind of mental makeup. That Ben Mason, he may be crazy. He may be uh, autistic. An aggressive autistic kid is what this kid may be. Because he's smart, but, you know, he's not all there. So I'd like to see what Ben Mason can do. I'm very interested. I want to see... Because he's going to get nothing but mop-up time, let's face it. He's not going to break the starting lineup. But I want to see what this kid can do because you never know. He may have four big plays on his own just within the three weeks, the first three weeks of the season. Um, We'll go linebackers. I don't know. Here's the thing. Mix them all in. I don't really care because I don't – you say Cam McGrone, uh, Jordan Anthony, Josh Ross, Devin Gill. They all are the same person, if you ask me. They're all the same person. So interchange them however you want. As long as Khalid Hudson is killing it this year, goes back to 2006, 2017 Khalid Hudson, instead of last year Khalid Hudson, we're in business. So I don't care what uh, amalgamation of talent you put out there. As long as Khalid is holding it down and doing what he's supposed to do, being the team leader that he is, the team captain he is, then we're going to be fine. I I just don't, I, you know, come on, who cares? I mean, because we're going to have talent. It's not like I'm saying who cares because we all, it's just a black hole of shit. No, we actually have great talent now. So it's fine. I mean, you put uh, Cleek Hudson, Devin Gill, Josh Ross, boom, I'm happy with that. Just as happy as I'd be like uh, Cleek Hudson, Cam McGrone, and Jordan Anthony. I mean, whatever it is, I'm fine with it. I don't care whatever the mixture is. I'm good. Uh, Defensive backs, this one kind of worries me, though. This really worries me. Because 
Amory Thomas is still sick or he's on his way back. And if he's on his way back and they're predicting him to be back in the starting lineup, hopefully, by Wisconsin? You know, it's still fucking in the middle of August. That's like, that's almost October. What sickness did this dude have? I mean, that's the worst case of herpes I've ever heard of. Bro, I don't know if that's true, but I, I, it's not true. It's alleged. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. No one says what he's really sick from. He's one of my best, he's one of my favorite guys. I'm just joking. Relax. Don't make this weird. Um, but yeah, Henry Thomas. So I don't know. I mean, they say Vincent Gray is going to step in and do a great job. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't fucking know. I've never seen Vincent Gray play. And I, then I heard some DJ kid that's a freshman this year is doing good, but he's raw. And that's the that's your second best option if Vincent Gray isn't doing something. That's the position that really worries me. That worries me. So it doesn't shock me that when you go into the dime package and the nickel packages that they're going to have Dax and Hill out there more than they would have another cornerback. So that makes more sense. But still, we need somebody out there to make it to, to really solidify their job. Somebody, anybody. I hope it's Vincent Gray. And then I hope he holds it down until Amy Thomas comes back because I really do believe Thomas is a game changer. Now... I thought Miles Sims was going to be a game changer as well. But, hey, say la vie. It's not always meant to be. Um, so let's get into the safeties. I mean, it's. I think it's pretty It's pretty uh, cut and dry with this. You've got Metellus, Hopkins, or Jameric Woods. I think it's going to be Metellus and Jameric Woods. I think Hobson, uh, Hopkins is going to come in, uh, you know, nickel, dime. He's going to probably spell out one of the two. And then you're going to put uh, Daxon Hill in wherever we need him. Uh, you probably won't see Daxon play for a bit, like two two weeks, three weeks in. Uh, Wisconsin might be the best time for him to come back. Or not come back, but make his debut. Um yeah, but I mean, I, I, I see Big Ear coming out of Metellus. Uh, he, he's only been progressing. I mean, do we forget in 2016, the Orange Bowl, uh, he played Viper for, for uh, Jabril Peppers. Yeah, and then he was, then he had a down year in 2017. Uh, Penn State really picked on him a lot in that wideout game where we got crushed. And then he came back. I mean, last year was a great year for him. I think this is his last year, and I think he's really going to pull it out. Uh, so, I don't know. I think I think our defense, for everybody who's so worried about our defense, I think we're going to be in the top ten again. Uh, I don't know if I'll be seeing top five. Now, if Amory comes back and he hasn't missed a beat and he's – as fast and as aggressive and he can cover like he like we've seen him do in very limited action uh, I'll be excited then I'll say we might be top five but if Amory doesn't and say Vince Vincent Green isn't everything we thought he could be or whatever we're top 10 still I mean we have too much talent everywhere else to, to be hurt because then you're going to throw Jameric Woods or somebody else over there to help with that cornerback so I'm not too worried about it. Um, but 
so much has been said about our defense. Oh, we've lost so many players to the NFL. We lost. How can you replace two great, two great players like Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich and blah blah whatever? Right. I just want people to remind. I just want to remind some people. We went from 2016. Now here's the starting lineup, just to give you an idea, just on the defensive line alone, right? Of who we had starting in 2016. Defensive end. Chris Wormley, NFL player. Brian Monet, still uh, just left. Glasgow, I don't know if he's in the NFL, I doubt it. And then Taco Charlton, also in the NFL. Right, that's a tough four, that's a tough four to get rid of. Like, you can't miss those. Brian Monet comes back, obviously. Um, Glasgow, Charlton, and Wormley all move on. So how are we going to replace them? I mean, those those three were crazy productive. We had what uh, the top five or top three defense in the nation at that point, I believe it was. And then we replaced them with Rashawn Gary, Godin, Mohurst, uh, Mo and Winovich. Now, granted, Gary, Hurst, and Winovich, all and Godin actually all they all played throughout 2016. But it's the same that you would have to say about Quiddy Pay, Carlo Kemp, Aiden Hutchinson uh, playing sparingly when you know Gary, uh, Solomon, all those guys got their chance. So with the idea that somehow we're going to be lost and that we're not going to be as good or because we've lost so many players to the NFL on the defensive line, or just that we lost super talented players on the F- offense, I mean defensive line. I just want to remind you, 2016 happened. We had two or three, because I can't remember Glasgow. I don't know if Glasgow went, Glasgow went to the NFL, but let's just say he did for shits and giggles. Three out of the four starting linemen on that 2016 team went to the NFL. Uh, Gary, Hurst, and Winovich in 2017 are all now in the NFL. Godin, too, I think. So four are in the NFL. We're, we're, just, we're just refilling at this point. That's not something to worry about. Have you seen Aiden Hutchinson? Did you see what that kid can do last season? Did you see how high he could jump? Do you see the closing speed he had as a defensive end? Could he pay from what Don Brown said? He's the Swiss Army knife of defense. I don't think we're going to miss a beat. The one area that I am truly worried about, and that's only because of illness or slash injury, is the cornerback position because Lavert Hill's got the other one covered. And we don't have to worry about shit with Hill over on that side. But we're going to have to get somebody to help out Vincent Gray. We're going to have to have somebody come back and help out Thomas when he gets back into the lineup. We have to do those things. That's a one weakness. Outside of that, I don't think you can touch us. I think we're top eight even. I'll even take two. We're top eight. And we get Amory Thomas back. Or let's say Vincent Gray proves to be serviceable and he can hold his down. We could be top five again. I don't think we miss. I truly don't think we're missing out because you got Uche, you've got Quiddy Pay, you've got Carlo Kemp, you've got all these guys who have dropped weight and has stayed with the speed. Aiden Hutchinson is a beast. I don't see us losing. I don't see us losing speed. I don't see us losing ground. I see us getting just refilling. So, boom, that's how you have it. 
Um, starters all done. Just go over real quick. Uh, you've got Shea Patterson, quarterback. Uh, True Wilson, starting running back. Wide receivers, DPJ, Nico Collins, Tariq Black, Ronnie Bell. Boom. Tight end starting will go with Sean McEwen. Uh, offensive line stays the same. I'm going to say Mayfield probably wins out. Stuber, I just don't know if he can handle uh, the more athletic uh, defensive ends. I think Jalen Mayfield can. But then again, that's my choice, so I'm just going to go with that. I could be wrong. I don't think there's a loss either way, to be quite honest. They're both talented. Um, defensive end, Quiddy Payne, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Defensive tackles, you got Dwanfor and Kemp. Don't be surprised if Mike Dana really makes some noise in that case. Uche is going to kill it no matter where they put him in. Ja, you know, like linebacker, Sam linebacker, Will linebacker, fucking uh, defensive end, whatever. Whatever pass rushing specialist he's going to do this, he's going to kill it. Um, linebackers, like I said, throw, throw them at a wall and see who sticks because they're all, to me, the same person. And I think, you know, whatever. I think they're going to be fine. Josh Ross, the, fu- the smartest linebacker we got, blah, whatever. I don't care. I think that will be fine there. I really do. I think they all have a lot of the same traits. So if they suck, then we're in deep shit. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're very good. I think we're going to be fine. Uh, Cleek Hudson, Viper. Uh, you know, cornerback, obviously, Everett Hill. Vincent Gray, Gray until Ambry comes back. Then safeties, you got Metellus and Jameric Woods. I'm going to go with Jameric Woods. Maybe Hopkins goes over and takes over the, the cornerback area. Who knows? Um, but that's really about it, guys. I mean, I was going to get – you know what? I'll save it for the next podcast, which I'll do probably tomorrow. Um, but I just wanted to get the starting lineup set. I think this is a great year, guys. I really do. I'm going to cover some other stuff about this is the make it or break it or the beginning of the great dynasty, hopefully. Hope and pray. Uh, But, guys, take it easy. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Like I said, go to the show notes. Leave a message. The the links are there. Do what you can. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, Always remember, guys, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And forever and always, guys, go blue.